morning. This is BFC Live for Friday, August 7th, the summer edition. Coming up, a conversation with Hugo Alves of the Oxley Cannabis Group, a longtime figure in the legal cannabis space. It's an important conversation. At the, uh, later today at noon, join us for a Lunch and Learn series with our friends at CanDelta titled, So You Want to Open a Cannabis Retail Store. On the 27th of August with our friends at Diversity Talk, we will present a Cannabis Forward event uh, titled Social Equity and Practice. Both of those events you can find on our website, businessofcannabis.ca. Thank you to our ongoing partners, BDSA, Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, and Torque and Mains. As well, we are protected by our friends at Alset. Now enjoy this conversation with Hugo Alves of Oxley Cannabis Group. Hugo, thanks for being here. Hey, Jason. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, you win the best um, Zoom background of the year award. Excellent. All Oxy. Tip of the hat to our chief creative officer, Ian. I like these are not my skills. Well, it's with the with the logo above the head and the hat and the and the bugs on the side. It's it's good. It looks good. It's all Robinsons all the time. Yeah, for, you know, right well, now. I want to get to that, but before I do. Um, in late 2017, business of cannabis wasn't really even a thing. You and the team uh, then at Cannabis Wheaton were kind enough to sort of stop by and do some interviews for us and predict the future. And it turns out you predicted the future pretty well. I just went back and watched the video. Um, you said two things you'd be watching in 2018, and this was still late 2017, um, were um, how provinces were going to set up their distribution model uh, under legalization. And... Um, what the supply to those distribution models would look like when legalization hit. Um, you predicted the future <laughs> because it, uh, it, uh, both of those things varied considerably and you mentioned that and supply was short at the beginning. Um, looking back on 2018, as opposed to looking forward to 2018, how do you think it's rolled out so far? Look, I'm a glass half full type of guy. So I, I tend to look at the positives. Certainly there've been challenges um, especially in the provinces where maybe, you know, they weren't as decisive at the front end about which model they were going to use and, and played around with it a little bit. And then, of course, uh, you know, Jay, maybe, uh, you know, in our previous interview, uh, I might have also, always also mentioned, I always look at cannabis through a political lens as one of the uh, perspectives that you have to take into account. So where there's, you know, a political changeover, for example, as there was in Ontario, when provinces are trying to figure out their retail rollout and what the mall is going to look like, there are delays. But, you know, generally speaking, I kind of go, we've been a year and a half into legalization. We're about to cross a thousand stores uh, nationally with lots more development permits and applications still in the queue. So um, I tend to look at the positive side of it, which is it seems to have settled now. Uh, producers and provinces are getting into a rhythm, uh, a cadence. The retailers are getting better at managing their categories and offering a compelling lineup of products to consumers. And uh, quality is going up. Price is, is you know, getting better and more competitive. So I think we're heading in the right direction. I, I think so too. And, and I look at things through a political lens as well. And you can't walk honestly two blocks anywhere near the downtown Toronto area without seeing four stores and some sort of some method of, of being sort of open or putting a sign up or in licensing. And so it's going to look, I think, markedly different 
a month, two months, three months from now, and certainly a year from now than it does today. And, and as Ontario goes, I think so goes the sector, at least so far. Yeah, certainly. I mean, Ontario is an important jurisdiction. It's the most populous, um, you know, it's the, it's the most populous uh, province. So it will be absolutely important. But, but, you know, you have to you have to take a regional approach. At least that's what we found um, with our business because consumers are different, right? So, for example, we've seen a trend in the West, in particular in British Columbia, where the trial period between brands um, it's short because those consumers have been exposed to 2.0 product formats um, uh, more often than maybe consumers in, in the East, and so they make their decisions fast. So you really do have to look at it uh, regionally, but certainly Ontario will be hugely important and uh, very encouraging to see the kind of pace of new stores that they're rolling out. Um, you know, they, they're anticipating a, a pretty strong to the finish to the year here in terms of new store openings. Yeah, yeah. And shout out to uh, my friends at the Village Bloomery because I was in uh, Vancouver in January and bought my first edibles there and they were actually 4A edibles. I'm not saying that to just shine you on. It was happens to be true. Um, so kudos, <laughs> kudos to getting those out the door uh, lickety-splickety uh, as edibles came online. Um, uh, and obviously you're wearing Robinson hat. You wear the, Ro the Robinson uh, Zoom background. Um, and at the World Cannabis Congress, I think it was in 2018, um, Robinson's was the buzz of, I think the buzz of sort of where the industry was going because they're from the East Coast um, yeah. and because their flower is fire. Um, everybody was buzzing is probably the right word I'll, I'll use. Um, yeah. Talk about that because um, it's in market. I see people all over Twitter getting their Robinson's in Ontario. I know it's in Nova Scotia, I think as well. Talk a little bit about that because you guys have seen sort of the full um, timeline of that. Talk about the history with Robinson's and, and what it means to getting it uh, in stores, in people's homes and getting people talking about it. Well, look, I think for Oxley, it's the culmination of two years of very hard work and support and belief in Andrew and his team. Um, more importantly for Andrew and his team, it's the culmination of a lifetime's work. Um, you know, when we first met this team, what, what impressed us the most about them uh, before we, seen the product and you know had it tested and, and measured was you know their their passion and commitment these are people that uh from a very early age have structured their entire lives from kind of where they live to what what you know what post-secondary institution they go to what they take there and what they read and are passionate about on a day-to-day -day basis all with one goal in mind which is to you know, grow the best possible cannabis that they can grow. And I think, uh, look, like when, then we tried the product. Um, we had actually licensed uh, data sets from lots of different labs uh, that tested both, you know, black market and regulated market product uh, because we wanted to have a good barometer of how Robinson's product stacked up, uh, you know, in terms of terpenes, in terms of cannabinoid content, in terms of consistency and effect. And we were blown away. Um, so we, there's always been a very, very strong belief that when we get the product to market, it will be a very compelling product offering. And like what I would say about Robinson's is, it is really like if you take one thing away, it is an uncompromising, uncompromising commitment to quality. Everything from the way they grow to the way they prune, the way they space plants, 
uh, you know, it's all geared towards quality, not quantity. And what I would say is this, like it is my favorite cannabis in the market. Uh, and I was a 30 plus year consumer, but is it going to be everyone's favorite? Is, uh, are people going to try it and say, this is the new standard by which I'm going to measure everything? A lot of it, you know, there is a high component of personal preference as with all consumer products. But I think what I'm very confident in saying is that Robinson's is really the only producer in the market today that is offering consumers a truly unique product. You know, whether, you know, there's different genetics, there's different cultivation methodologies, there's different branding propositions, there's different growers, and there's lots of great product. Like I said, the quality is increasing, especially at the premium end, where you have smaller growers that are very passionate about what they're doing. Um, but they all come, you know, more or less um, tailored to our preconceptions about what quality is in terms of moisture content, bud size, etc. And, you know, what, what we've always, you know, held on to at Robinson's and what makes them special is they do it their way, not according to buyer preconceptions, but according to the way they think gives them the best result. And it is a unique product. Right, people I think have noticed all oh, this is a lot drier, a lot harder. The buds are a lot harder than you know we're used to. Um, you know, it grinds finer. And whether it's going to be your favorite, that's personal preference. But what I can assure consumers is, when you get the product, it's going to be a unique experience. You're going to say, well, this is a bit different than the other things I'm seeing on the market, and it is going to be a great experience. Um, is it going to be your favorite? I don't know. I don't know what other experiences people have had, but you know, I think what you're seeing um, from the connoisseur set that's you know rushed out to buy the product and try it, and in some cases reviewing it, is um, you know very consistent feedback about the quality, about the flavor, uh, about the smoke consistency and mouthfeel, and about the effects. Um, so we're delighted. It's not surprising to us but it is hugely satisfying to see the product get into the market and be embraced by consumers and see consumers enjoying the quality of the product. Yeah, I mean, it, it must be, um, I don't know what the right word is, but you must be proud, right? I mean, see- Very proud, yeah. very proud. And very that's the, I'd love you to talk about that because that's the interesting part of being in a new sector. And, and, and you know, you guys have been in it a long time and a long time is not a long time, right? In the real world, it's been, you know, we talk about an interview that happened less than, you know, two and a half years ago and it seems like a million years ago. And in that same time horizon, obviously Robinson's has come online. So has Foray, Colab, Dosecan, all of those things like that. The, each one of those things could be a product launch in another sector that would take four years. Here, all of those things came online in such a short period of time. What does that mean for, for, for Oxley, but also like as, as an entrepreneur to say, look, we've done all these things. Like even looking at back, even though it's not that long, in the River Murray saying, holy shit, this, was, this has been quite a sprint. It has been a, a huge amount of work. And it takes a, a passionate and dedicated and very competent um, team across you know, multiple subsidiaries and various functions to bring it all together. So I think okay, it, it is the product, I think, of good planning, early planning, when people say, well, how did you get to the 2.0 starting line on day one with you know such a big portfolio of products. Well, we planned for it for over for close to two years, and that was our driving focus. And we just put our nose down and executed against the plan. 
Um, so it, it's been a ton of work. We're just getting started. You know, what we launched with now is, um, you know, I think it was kind of like the, the, the first inning, the first kind of presentation of a portfolio. But, I mean, this month you saw Robinson's dried uh, flower hit the market. We also launched, uh, relaunched a reformulated raspberry vanilla chew under our foray brand and a lemon lavender under our collab brand. Next month you'll see some new strain-specific formulations uh, hitting the market under our collab and foray brands. Uh, and then, you know, new SKUs hitting the market virtually every month because uh, we're now finished construction on our dose can facility, the second floor. Uh, we're rolling out the second floor production rooms as they come online. Uh, so we plan on introducing four new formats, uh, product formats to the market. Um, not all of the formats in every brand, but a topical format under our dose can brand. Uh, we'll also all offer some, um, some unique oil-based products under our dose can brand, which is focused to a much more wellness-based consumer. Um, also, you'll see some tablet-based uh, formats, some lozenge-based formats, so keep an eye out for something we have coming out under 4A uh, from the mind of uh, Peter Crooks, who's our Chief Product Innovation Officer at DoseCan, and whose handiwork uh, you know, you're sampling when you're trying 4A collab product, edible products. So exciting stuff uh, for us. Uh, you know, DoseCan will also have a capsule format. Our capsules are gonna be unique in that you know, we have a, a global exclusive with ahi flower oil. It's a proprietary, it's a vegan source of omega-3, 6, and 9 that we're using as our arterial oil instead of just uh, regular coconut or other medium chain triglyceride. So, you know, consumers not only get the, the benefit of the CBD, but also uh, they benefit of the omega-3, 6, and 9. And, you know, we, we've structured those capsules so not only are you getting uh, a very effective payload of CBD, but also your daily recommended intake of omega-369. So innovation and rolling out new products is really what we're focused on. Um, and look, with Robinson's, it's a little bit different because it's in a, it's in a, a dried flower format, which we don't participate in that sort of format um, to a great extent. And I'm very proud of, of the team there, because uh, like I said, this is the culmination of a, a lifetime passion and pursuit for them. Uh, they work their socks off. They are super hardworking, uh, salt of the earth uh, team, and I'm delighted for them. I'm delighted for them, and I'm very proud of the rest of the Oxley organization that drove this project from you know a regulatory perspective, a commercial perspective, a creative perspective. So it's been a team effort. Um, and yeah, could not be happier about how it's turned out. No, oh, it's been it's been fun to watch from a distance, and I want to zoom out a little bit because we started this conversation uh, looking back at a sort of interview from two years ago. I want you to sort of zoom out and look two years ahead. What do you think we'll be talking about in the rearview mirror about the end of 2020, 2021, um, as ter in terms of not just Oxley but but the sector as a whole in Canada? Yeah, so I think. You know, this is uh, what you'll remember about 2020. Uh, might not be cannabis related, really, but uh, I think it is a tough market in 2020 where the best companies will rise to the top. You know, your, your sort of winners and survivors will shake out. Um, I think it's also the year where I think that sort of you reach a tipping point in terms of conversion 
from illicit market to the regulated market because quality you know is going up prices are, are becoming more competitive um it is the year i think that you know kind of cannabis companies have had to in essence really professionalize and focus uh on what they're what they're doing what they're good at um and then leave the, the sort of more grandiose kind of global domination plans um to be further developed for another day right people right now are like really focused on winning at home and winning with consumers yeah no it, it, it's been um I, I appreciate you making time today and it, it's always great to get your perspective uh it was back then it is now and it will be in the future i hope it doesn't take another two years to for us to sit down even virtually together um but but thank you for your time enjoy the rest of the summer and thanks for making time hey thanks a lot jay always a pleasure and uh you know uh, free to chat anytime take care great, See you later. thanks thanks